Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's me. It's Toby. Um, not much happened. Not much yeah. happened, Toby. Yeah, it's kind of a boring event. You know, the main event was lackluster. It's just, you know, as expected, I would say. As expected. But, you know, we still have things to review. Yeah. Um, we're clearly sure, BSing, probably. guys. We're clearly BSing. We're being quite facetious. Um, lots happened. Um, we're going to go over... Uh, cup. We're just gonna Mike Mike Diamond's gotta go. Cut him immediately. Yeah. Cut yeah. him. All right. That's all we need to say. Uh Hack Prass versus Quinones. Good. This was a fun fight to watch, man. Uh Quinones was blasting those leg kicks the whole fight. I I can't believe Hack Prass was standing at the end of that. Uh, but Hack Prass came away with the win. And Hack Prass's boxing looked very crisp. That's the one thing I noticed. Yeah, this was if Cop and uh Dos Santos didn't have him, this would have been fight of the night for sure. Yeah, uh, just one thing quickly about Blood Diamond, man. You know, for a guy who they say, oh, he's got like thousands of kickboxing fights. Oh, my God, he's one of the most experienced kickboxers ever. His kickboxing sucks. I mean, he is not good <laughs> on the feet. Like, on the feet, he looked horrible. Um, he's pretty much only got like a lean back head kick, like a left head kick with his lead leg. Uh, his straight punches are awful. I mean, I, I don't know. This guy... Seems very his defense is trash. I mean, he just seems very overrated. He always seems like I don't know, man. I was very disappointed in Blood Diamond, but I was not disappointed in Landon Quinones, who did much better than I thought he would. I mean, I thought Nazareth would kind of steamroll him. You know, Nazareth's a very experienced guy in the UFC, good boxer, good takedowns. Quinones, yeah, he beat up those legs, man. He was hanging with them in the striking exchanges too, like uh, with the hands. I thought his hands looked pretty good. The whole fight was very close. It, I thought it was a pretty clear decision for Nazareth, but it was close. Same. I mean, each round was contested, you know. But yeah, Nazareth, his leg was damaged badly, but he was able to land a, a lot of shots to the head. Um, he was able to just keep pressuring forward. I thought it was, uh, I forget who his coach is, is it um? Is it Faraz Sahabi? Is this, uh, Let me see. Coach? I'll, I'll look up look up his team right now. Uh, yeah, I think, I think he was uh, saying that uh, he needs to when he's at range uh, stay unorthodox, and then once he gets into the pocket, switch to southpaw. And I thought that was uh, pretty good advice from Zahabi. If that's who I believe that's who it was. Yeah, but, Zahabi is his uh, coach. But yeah, he did a good job of that, um, and he landed that uh, – It kind of like the Poirier combo, you know, where you just step um, – you switch stances, and then you throw that uh, – what was your rear hand, which is now your lead hand. I mm-hmm. thought you did good. Yeah, I did too. Bro, to be honest, I just want to get to the main card. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, well, dude, we, we got to talk about Jack Jenkins, man. Poor oh, Jack that Jenkins. arm. Oh, the arm, bro. Oh, man. Hey, but Chepe, dude. I actually – I'm a Jeff, huge fan I like this guy. Yeah, Chepe's awesome. 
You know, that first round was a little rough. Jack Jenkins landing those leg kicks as we expected. I mean, he's a good fighter. I think Jack Jenkins has a really solid future in the UFC. He's powerful. He's got good cardio and he's got decent grappling, but man, Chepe is just tough, dude. He took Jack Jenkins best shots to the leg and to the head. He just kept pressuring forward and he implemented a good game plan. I mean, when he realized that at distance, he was losing the fight. He realized that he had to get inside, make it dirty, get in the clinch. He landed a lot of good knees to the thigh, which a lot of people will kind of discount that as like, oh, whatever. But those knees to the thigh will slow you down for sure. And I'm not saying that contributed to the end of the fight or anything, but I think it did serve to slow down Jack Jenkins, uh, his pressure coming back. And Chepe, you know, he didn't even really land any takedowns. He just got that one uh, tie throw. And Jack Jenkins went to post his arm. And uh, yeah, if you yeah. saw it, you probably don't want to watch it again. Yeah, you don't want to watch it. Uh, I don't recommend. And people were saying like on Twitter, I don't take Twitter uh, seriously or anything, guys. But like, oh, something like that shouldn't count. Stop it. He ended the fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who initiated the throw? You know, I, I mean, yeah, it's an unfortunate event, but it's like the Ortega and Yair fight. Like, well, Yair was going for a submission and Ortega was trying to pull his arm out and, you know, he popped his shoulder out. Like, that didn't just happen out of nowhere. You know, that happened because or, or uh, Yair was attempting a submission. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, we'll talk about Carlos Solberg. Uh, subbed, what was it, a rear naked choke? Yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah. Uh, these are two massive light heavyweights. I texted you that. I didn't realize how big these guys were, but Carlos Olberg did show some diversity, I guess. And especially after the, uh, you know, he looked gas in the third, but he, he found a little bit of a second win toward the latter half of that round, took, uh, Jung down and got the job done. He looked as much as I don't like, well, as a person, I have no problem with him as a fighter. I think he's completely overrated. Um, and that's not his fault, but he looked pretty good. I'll give him that. He looked pretty good. Yeah, I think Goldberg, on the feet, he actually looked a lot worse than I expected him to look. Um, and I think he is similar to Izzy in, in some ways where, you know, he's a little bit one-dimensional. He has a few strikes that he can land really well. But outside of that, he just doesn't adapt much in the fight. Uh, he lands like a really nice left hook often, and he'll double up the same side where he goes with the jab and then the left hook, which is nice. I mean, I like that combination. I like when guys double up on one side of the body. But, you know, yeah, I mean... He wasn't really landing anything too significant. He landed a few good uh, left hooks on uh, Jung here. You know, they weren't full power, but they still kind of busted up the face of Jung. But, you know, Jung was hanging in there. Alberg could do very well to throw that right straight more, throw the leg kick more. I mean, he could do great with some knees. He's a very tall guy. Um, I think he would do great throwing some knees. But, yeah, I mean, I was impressed at the end, though, because I did think he was gassing as well. He looked like he probably was gassing. And then, yeah, he found a second win. He was able to reverse position, get a takedown of his own and submit him with like 10 seconds left. So that's impressive. Jung is not a terrible fighter. You know, he's pretty decent. And yes, these are huge guys. Jung has an interesting build. He's like, uh, I don't know. He's, he stands like very straight up. He stands like this. It's kind of, yeah. odd, but he's a big right. guy. Sorry guys. Much enough from seeds. Um, <laughs> All right, Tyson Pedro versus Anton Jakali. That was a brutal knockout. Um, ref stepped in just in time until so Turkali couldn't get decimated. But that was brutal. Uh, Tyson Pedro looked great. There's not much to talk about as this fight was only two minutes. 
Um, but yeah, shout out Tyson Pager, man. Um, maybe maybe this is the start of a good a good uh streak for him because Tarkali is not a bum. The pe- two people whom he's lost to are, uh, uh Giles Gel- and Almeida Gelton. and uh, Petrino, Vitor Petrino, who who hits yeah. like a rock. So, yeah, I mean, Tarkali had a pretty tough go at it for his first three fights. I hope he doesn't get cut, but that's probably the next step. Yeah, you know, unfortunately for Tyson Pedro, I mean, this is kind of the trap. That, um, I feel like we always fall into a Tyson Pedro where he gets like a nice first round knockout. And we're like, man, this guy looks really good. But it's like, you know, is he that good or is he just really good in the first round? And then as soon as it gets outside of the first round, he drops off a cliff harder than almost anybody, you know. I mean, Tyson Pedro has power. He's quick. He can find uh, his shots well. You know, don't get me wrong. He's a decent fighter. But I've just never been super impressed with his all-around skill set. I think that his takedown defense is lacking. I think that his cardio is definitely lacking. I think he has a lot of improvements to make. I don't know. Maybe he is making uh, a lot of improvements. It's just hard to say because we only saw two minutes of this fight. And Turkali, I respect him. I think he's pretty good. I thought he looked not very good in this fight. Um I don't really know what his game plan was just to like walk forward and absorb a bunch of huge shots. I mean, obviously, you know, he didn't plan on doing that, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought he could have uh, shot some takedowns, maybe worked around the outside for a little bit longer than he did before just like recklessly coming in kind of like the next fight. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, Justin, to- oh, Justin Toffer versus uh, Austin Lame. I don't know. Geez, I'm clicking the wrong place today. Good Lord. Um, I don't know what Austin Lane was thinking. Uh, Toffa sent him to another dimension. That Those two ground and pound punches were absolutely brutal that he landed. Uh, this is how I expected the fight to go, to be completely honest. There's no surprises here for me. No, I wasn't surprised at all either. Um, I figured this is probably what would happen. I think there were some people out there saying like, oh, well, if Lane can do what he did for 20 seconds, okay, yeah, that's a pretty tall task. You know, for 20 seconds of a fight, he looked decent. And you're going to say, oh, he's going to do that for 15 minutes against an extremely hard uh, puncher. Now, Tafa, not the most skilled guy either. I mean, Tafa is a, is a good fighter. I mean, he's got very, a lot of power. Uh, he's a decent kickboxer. But he is, again, very one-dimensional. Uh, he can be taken down. He can be knocked out, too. I mean, I think one of his first fights in the UFC that I remember was Jorgen DeCastro, where he got mm-hmm. slept badly in that fight. But, you know, I mean, he's he has one-punch knockout power, and it's carried him for quite a while. He's on a good three-fight win streak with the exception of the no contest. So, I mean, yeah, he's decent. Uh, Austin Lane, I thought it was a not great game plan. He should have stayed on the outside. Instead, he just um, bum-rushed forward. I do think, I was listening to uh, Jack Slack this morning. He was talking about... I think Tafa threw maybe like a, a kick or um, like a sidekick to Austin Lane's leg. And I guess after that, I, I have to watch the fight back, but I think after that, he kind of rushed in. I don't know. Maybe it was something in his leg that felt weird. Maybe he just felt like, you know, he needed to get it back. But he, he definitely rushed in recklessly and he got caught as everyone kind of expected would happen if he did that. I mean, Tafa's he's accurate. You know, he's powerful and he's accurate. I'm not, he's not the most skilled guy, but he's got that going. So, yeah. And that'll take you pretty far at heavyweight. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah. A lot of heavyweights are not the most skilled technically. So no, I mean if we look at uh the heavyweight division, I mean we'll talk about the heavyweight division more in a couple minutes, actually. Um Manel Cop looked phenomenal against Dos Santos. And Felipe Dos Santos is legit in this division, guys. Um, and I think Manel Cop could fight for the title tomorrow and win. I, I'm I'm legit about that. Manel Cop's counter striking is something to behold, fellas. And it's not just, you know, a good shot. He he lands hard when he counters. And his defense looked phenomenal. He rolled with everything. And he never really got hit clean. And Dos Santos, there's only 15 total strikes that separate these two. But it honestly feels like, yes, Dos Santos did throw more strikes. He landed 33% of his strikes compared to uh, Manel Cop's 62. Manel Cop just knows how to get out of the way. And roll with everything. So, shout out to Manel Cop, man. He looked phenomenal. Shout out to Dos Santos. This, this is a tough fight to take on short notice. And he came up and he showed out. And he got the bonus. So, you know, you'll see his name in the top 15 probably. Or he'll, he's, def, he's not going to be, be fighting unranked flyweights, I don't think. But great fight from both of these guys. And Manel Cop looked phenomenal. Um, Yeah, this was great. Yeah, I thought it was impressive from both guys. It's a tough fight to take on both sides. I mean, if you're Manel Cop, you're fighting an unranked uh, guy who is out of the shoot box camp. You know he's dangerous. You're a huge, you know, like minus 400 favorite. Uh, you were supposed to fight in a title eliminator, basically, against Kai Car France, and you're taking on this unranked guy. It's a tough fight to take, but Manel Cop, I thought he looked very good in this fight. There were a few moments where I thought Dos Santos... You know, it was a bit sketchy. Cop stayed in the pocket a little bit too long, maybe. But yeah, his um, he's very evasive. He's got good defensive head movement. He's got really sharp counters. And even at the end, we saw that he was able to get a takedown of his own. And he was able to stuff quite a few takedowns from Felipe Dos Santos. But yeah, I agree 100%. I think Dos Santos is legit. He's very young. I mean, he's only, what, like 22, 23 years old. So let's take a look. I think that in a few years time, um, maybe even like later 22. this year. Good Lord. Yeah, I mean, maybe even later this year, start of next year, he's going to have a ranking or at least be fighting ranked opponents. And I think he deserves that. I mean, he showed up, gave a great account of himself uh, against a very legit fighter in the flyweight division, a very, very skilled. I mean, these guys are very high level fighters. Flyweight, one of my favorite divisions. Honestly, my favorite two divisions are probably bantamweight and flyweight. I just think the skill difference between them and the rest of the divisions is pretty wide. But yeah, Felipe Dos Santos... Tough guy, man. You know, you love to see it. These shoot-to-box guys, they all kind of fight the same. It is weird, actually, how similar their fighting styles are. But it works, man. I mean, they I, there's a lot of techniques that I really love, like that um, crane kick to the body. I really enjoy it when they do that. Um, you know, they throw a lot of, like, flashy spinning techniques, but with a purpose as well. Um, yeah, a lot of elbows, you know, elbows and knees and tight, like really good knees to the body. So I thought he looked great. I just think he faced a, you know, legit world title uh, contender. So, yep. Um, I hope Volkov got some money out back because this was a great performance by him. Um, This basically proved to me that he's still very much a legit contender in this division when it comes to top five guys. I, I think he could be top five guys. Um, But. Tied to Ivan, I don't know, man. Um, we all love him. You can't hate. You can't hate the guy. Um, 
But Volkov simply outclassed him here, man. And he, if that first round bell hadn't ended uh, the the round, he he would have gotten tied to Ivas out of there. Then I think um, he picked him apart at every every part of the game. Um, and you know when the fight got to the ground, oh well. And first off, a Volkov Ezekiel choke. That's the last guy in the well, not the last guy, but he's one of the last people I think of getting an Ezekiel choke. Um, and that was very sneaky, and I recognized that pretty quickly. But Laura, we'll talk. We'll talk about Laura Sanko after this uh, review. But she noticed that immediately too, before DC even did. Uh, Volkov, I can't. I think he's a really great fighter, and he's on. He's riding two or three fight win streak right now. I think. Yeah, three fight one streak. Yeah, R- Rosenstreich, uh, Romanov, and this. Mm-hmm. So you know. Shout out to Volkov, man. I mean, he's been in this division forever. And, you know, I don't know who he fights next because he, he should he should fight up. But I don't know who. Winner of Almeida and Blades, that's how I see it. Yeah, I think Volkov is uh, – we were just talking about, you know, a lot of heavyweights are not the most skilled fighters. I think Volkov is legitimately technically skilled fighter. I think – He is one of the more skilled fighters in the whole division, and he's had really good runs. I mean, he was beating the brakes off of Derek Lewis. He hurt him to the body multiple, multiple times, and he got caught. You know, it happens when you fight Derek Lewis. That kind of derailed him then. He's been caught a few other times, not necessarily knocked out like that, but just, you know, things didn't go his way. In this fight, everything went his way. I mean, he dominated Tai Tuivasa from start to finish. There weren't even really moments where I was concerned for him. You know, in Tai Tuivasa, yeah, he was swinging some big wild hooks, some big overhands, nothing that was coming close to landing, nothing that I was like, oh man, you know, you know, this is sketchy for Volkov. The leg kicks, you know, Tai landed a few leg kicks, but a lot of them were checked by Volkov as well. I mean, he did a great job of checking leg kicks too. So, I mean, this whole fight, he just looked so sharp. And for Tuivasa, it's a rough one, man, because these last three fights, I mean, talk about brutal. You know, you're taking huge shots from Cyril Gunn, from Sergei Pavlovich, from Alexander Volkov. These are big guys. They're destroying his face. I mean, look at his face after this fight, after the Pavlovich fight, after the Gunn fight. I don't know what... I think he needs to take a break, certainly, but I don't know where he goes from here. And we've seen this happen before. He came to the UFC, had a couple of wins, a couple of finishes, and then he lost three straight fights. But then he came back and rattled off five straight wins. So, you know, he's still young. I think he's on the right side of 30. So take a few fights or take a few uh, months, maybe a year off even, come back, you know, refine your skills. I think he'll do fine. I love Tuivasa. I I was hoping that he would uh, pull something off at home. But I knew, I mean, I, I had definitely thought Volkov was going to win this fight. Yeah. I, I definitely agree he should fight up after this. He deserves it. Um, he spent a lot of his career fighting down for sure, uh, you know, against lower-ranked guys. So, And, yeah, the Ezekiel choke, man, I, I almost forgot to mention, like, that is that is pretty incredible, you know. He, he has a good uh, top game. You know, he's pretty heavy on top, I'm sure. He's a huge guy. And, yeah, he's got long arms, so – I mean, hey, it's a good choke to try if you're if you've mounted someone, you've got super long arms, and they don't exactly have good submission defense. So yeah, and yeah, Volkov looked phenomenal. Um, I've always liked Volkov. I don't know about you, man, but I've always thought he was. I've yeah. always thought he's been a pretty solid, solid fighter. Um, yeah, Volkov is awesome, and he's active. So like, especially for a top ten heavyweight, 
Uh, Ty Tuivasa did take a long break for him. He it was from December to September, so that's nine yeah. eight months. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think he's just got to find a team with a lot of talent around him. Yep. So, yep. you know, we'll see what happens. But man, I've been waiting to talk about this for since the 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 fight ended, bro. Sean Strickland is the new UFC middleweight champion, and you and I, I rewatched our episode, the, this uh, segment from our episode on Friday. Uh, you and I both said we don't really know how this fight's gonna go, uh, but I damn well sure wouldn't have predicted that Sean Strickland would win the, a, a fight against Israel Adesanya by decision. That's the last thing I expected. I expected him to either catch Adesanya or submit him. Though I'm like, he's not he's not gonna be able to win a decision against Adesanya. But damn it, he did it. And it was a masterclass. That you know, Izzy was it was a toss-up in the first round before Sean Strickland knocked Israel Adesanya down. First time Israel Adesanya has ever been knocked down in any fight ever. Um standing TKO against Pereira, I'm sure. Mark Otter saved him uh, from the shadow room because that left hook was coming down the pipe. But the way Sean Strickland cut off the cage rather than followed Adesanya was phenomenal. Because if you watch the Pereira fight, Strickland was simply following Pereira and Pereira was just making reads. But everything Adesanya does comes off counters and Sean Strickland just wouldn't allow him to counter. Impossible. Because people are saying Izzy was off. He wasn't off. Sean Strickland just negated his game and didn't allow him to counter because he kept his and you know Adesanya's back being up against the cage, being pressured. That made it hard for Adesanya to do anything. And then, I mean, Sean Strickland's defense was on point, uh, stepping out the way of leg kicks, checked almost every single leg kick. I don't know how many. Um, you know, uh, it says he landed thirty four. There's no way he landed thirty four. Most of those were checked. Um, you can't really count those. Um, I think Adas- there's one overhand right in the second round that Adesani landed to Sean Strickland's head. That was it. And I don't know, man. What are your, what were your thoughts? I, I I was in shock when the belt was wrapped around Sean Strickland's waist. Yeah, um, I think this is the performance of a lifetime for Sean Strickland. <clears throat> this is certainly the best and most important performance of his career. I thought he had a very good game plan. I thought he just looks fantastic, man. I I definitely underrated him. I did not give him a chance. And, you know, I, I did kind of throw in some caveats of like, well, this could happen and we don't know. But I was leaning on Asanya heavily, and I'm not going to pretend otherwise. Same. I definitely discounted Sean Strickland. Now, do I think that he is going to hold the belt for a long time? Is he like the most skilled guy? Probably not. Probably not. But... I don't want to take anything away from him. I mean, there are so many things that he did very well in this fight. Like you mentioned, the leg kicks, uh, checking all those leg kicks. Now, if you look at it, says 94 total strikes for Adesanya. Israel Adesanya did not land 94 total strikes. He landed maybe 40, you know, 40, and, and 50. They, they weren't I mean, even that like clean. That, like I said, yeah. there was one overhand right. That was That's it. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the strikes that are counted were landing on the arms. You know, if they were a body kick, it hit off Strickland's arms. If it was a jab or a straight punch, uh, Strickland rolled with it or he parried it. If it was a light kick, it was checked. I mean, every every level where Adesanya was targeting him, Strickland was able to uh, avoid it. I mean, 
And the craziest part about Sean Strickland to me is that this guy has essentially no footwork. I mean, he just walks like he's literally just walking forward, like in a standard walking motion, which would any boxing coach, any MMA coach, they'll tell you, don't do that. You don't want to be that flat footed. You don't want to uh, have that type of stance. You want to be more bladed, you know, but he, it works for him. I mean, it worked perfectly. Like I said, he pushed Adesanya right up against the cage and never let him off. And is he a huge part of his game? Uh, actually, pretty much all of his game is based off of getting that jab going. And he was never able to, I don't even know how many jabs he landed, probably not even like 10 clean jabs. So Strickland was able to negate like the primary uh, focus of Izzy's game. He, he, I mean, in the shot that he landed, it was perfect too. You know, think about all the huge power punchers, all the guys that Izzy has faced from Romero to Costa to Pereira, all these guys who rarely have, Kenanir, like, I mean, these guys rarely ever caught him. Nobody has ever knocked him down in the UFC before. And Strickland knocked him down, not even with some huge punch. He wasn't loading up. Izzy was back up against the cage. He was like, all right, I'm going to lean back, throw this left hook as he's coming in. And it was a perfect right straight that came inside of the left hook, knocked him down. It was very close to finishing that fight. I'm glad they didn't stop the fight because Izzy has a great chin. He has great recoverability. So... I was pretty sure that he was going to be able to recover, but when Strickland was just pounding away and Izzy was turned, you know, like this up against the cage, that was uh, insane. I mean, I, I saw that. I was, I was literally in shock. I didn't know what to say. How to I react. was screaming. It was crazy, man. I mean, Sean Strickland, like I said, performance of a lifetime. You know, I, I, I did see Dana White saying like, well, Izzy just didn't seem like he was on. He didn't get started. Yeah, he didn't get started because Sean Strickland never let him get started. No. Sean Strickland, uh, his defense was impeccable. His forward pressure was phenomenal. It was a great performance. I can't take anything away from the guy. I mean, Adesanya, if they run it back, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. I think it's a very interesting fight if you want to do it. I would almost lean towards, you know, Izzy take some time off, maybe win one more and then come back and fight him because this really was like a shockingly bad performance from Izzy, but it was a really good performance from Strickland. It's intriguing now, you know, they could do the Duplessis fight with Strickland. I mean, I know they wanted to do it with Izzy, but I think it's still fun to do it with Strickland. So I don't know. I mean, I, it seems like the UFC wants to do the immediate rematch, but I mean, look, just objectively, and I love Izzy. I'm a huge fan of Israel Adesanya. The guy has lost two out of his last three fights. And yeah, he won that belt back against Pereira. He got a big knockout, but you know, he hasn't, he had his dominant run, but it ended with Pereira. He won it back and now it's ended again. It's like, does he deserve the immediate rematch? I'm not, I'm not sure, you know? No, I think here's my thing. This could have been Drake's Duplessis fight. He didn't take any damage in that Whitaker fight. And he, yeah. I think I, I truly believe he should have fought that fight. This fight, could, this fight on yeah, yeah. September 9th, but he chose not to. And as Dana has said with Marab, there, there's punishment for that. Here's what I think should happen. I think Sean Strickland should sit pretty for a while. And I think Adesanya and DDP should fight for a title shot. I think that's what should happen. DDP wants to fight Adesanya. Adesanya wants to fight DDP. Um, so make that fight happen. Put it in Africa, of course. Uh, fight night. Let's just do it that way. Um, Costa and Shamayev are fighting. And 
from the looks of it, it's going to be a title eliminator. We'll see what happens, man. I, I just don't. Oh, holy crap. Sean Strickland's the champ, man. It doesn't. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like when he was John at Adesanya, like at the end of that fight, I, I got amped. Like yeah. that's not how I expected it to end. And like, I know mm-hmm. I'm saying like a lot. I don't know why. I typically don't do that, but dude, holy crap. And people are like, oh, I knew it. No, you didn't. You did not. Oh, oh no, you didn't. Shashrick was not meant to win like this. No. But he came with the game plan. He executed well, he the game plan was to grapple. We haven't even we didn't even mention that Nixon was like, hey, we got we let's throw in a takedown. Didn't th- didn't shoot one takedown. Yeah. Um oh, you know, um, I forgot to mention one thing that also really impressed me from this fight, and I was talking about it uh, with the shoot box guys. I forgot to mention their teeps. They're really good at throwing teeps, just little front kicks to the body. Sean Strickland, his teeps in this fight were insane. I mean, it was like a jab. That's how what I was yeah. thinking of it as. P- people look at a teep, especially with the lead leg, which was what he was doing, just that little poke to the body. And people think like, well, that's not really going to do much damage. The point isn't exactly to do a ton of damage. The point is to disrupt someone's rhythm. And if you look at a guy like Adesanya, his entire style is based on getting into a flow, a rhythm. You hear people talk about this, especially John Anik, which I love on commentary, always talks about a flow state in fighting, which is very true. You can get into this state where you're flowing from one technique to the next. And Adesanya, if you watch any of his fights, thrives on that. And every time he would try to get into that flow state, Strickland, boom, poke to the body, poke to the body, jab to the head. He was always interrupting Adesanya. He was always going first. He never let Adesanya set anything up. Um, And it was able to, you know, Adesanya does very well moving laterally, going side to side. He fakes one way, goes the other way. Strickland was able to negate a lot of that um, just by pushing him up like up against the cage and then just kicking him right in the body with that little teep. I thought that was beautiful. I don't know, you know, Strickland, I think he's done that in a lot of his other fights, if I remember correctly. Maybe that's just a technique that he uses often. I'm not sure if that was part of the game plan specifically, but I thought it was a really smart move from Sean Strickland. Yeah, I forgot to mention that teep too. Um, I mean, Like, it, it's such a... Such a simple game, you know, Strickland, it was such a simple game that, but he just did it to perfection. I mean, it was like, I I don't know. He didn't do anything fancy, no No. overcommitting, no huge shots, just little straight punches, teeps, and he got it done. And this was as fancy as Israel Adesanya has gotten in a fight in a long time. He threw more question mark kicks in this fight than I've ever seen him throw. You know, he had, he did, he did a couple uh, spinning back kicks, I'm pretty sure too, but you know, Strickland forced him to get out of his comfort zone. And when he put Adesanya on the back foot, you know, he can't do what he usually does. I, man, it, and, you know, the only round Izzy won was round two. And you and I were talking about this. Uh, Nick Sick was saying optics, optics, optics. Izzy outstruck Strickland in round three, but Strickland just simply landed the hardest shots. And Shantrick didn't have a bruise on him. And Izzy, Izzy looked pretty beat up at the end of that fight, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Sean outlanded, almost doubled the strikes landed in round four and in round five. Yeah. Master, guys, this is... I think this is the biggest upset in UFC history in that... So we see Matt Sarah, right? He knocked GSP out. Any of these guys can knock each other out on any given day. Juliana Pena rocked... Um, 
Amanda Nunez and choked her out. And those odds, I think it was like 1,200, uh, minus 1,200 in favor of uh, uh, Amanda Nunez in that fight. Mm-hmm. Sean Strick was not – if Pena had beaten uh, Nunez by decision, okay, great. Uh, that's a great – and then, you know, Pena proved – I mean, Nunez proved uh, it was a fluke as the GSP. Sean Strickland won this fight over the course of 25 minutes. I mean, he, if, if he had knocked him out, is he out in the first round? People would be saying it's a fluke. This was not a fluke, guys. This was a masterclass through and through for 25 minutes. You could argue he won 502. You could argue that. Um, yeah. But the judges got it perfect, 4-1, to one, in favor of Sean Strickland. Masterclass of performance. We will, I, I'll be damned if we see anything like this again. I will be damned. This was amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Shout out to the judges on this one. I actually thought they did pretty decent the whole night. Um, they did. You know, I I was leaning towards McDessie in the McDessie and Malarkey fight. I thought he did just enough, but it was close. I mean, it was very close. So I'm not shocked that Malarkey got it in that one. But yeah, definitely this was a pretty clear four to one in in my opinion. And you know, I'm glad there was no like wonky like Izzy three to two. You know. Because I know uh, Izzy, kind of a home, like it was in Australia, but New Zealand and Australia are fairly close. But yeah, so I thought the judges got it right on this one. And I saw people uh, making comparisons like Weidman and Silva or Bisbing and Rockhold, which is like, yeah, sort of, you know, I get that it's all in the middleweight division. The fight that you want to compare this to, at least I think of uh, when I watch this fight, is Cody Garbrandt versus Dominic Cruz. Yes, good one. That is the uh, perfect fight to compare this to because in many ways, it was so similar. You look at Dominic Cruz, his entire game is built off of footwork, evasive movements, um, you know, leaping in with shots that you don't even expect coming. And Cody Garbrandt did that exact same thing to dominant Cruz, beat him at his own game, had better footwork that night, landed the better shots uh, leaping in, you know, even had wrestling. I mean, it was a perfect performance. You look at Sean Strickland, I'm not saying that Izzy does as much hand fighting or stands just straight up or things like that, but it was similar in the way that Strickland beat him on the feet and uh, did a lot of, you know, similar landing that jab, you know, landing the front kick, the teep. So, yeah, I, I thought just like start to finish domination is my point, really. Um, so if you're going to compare it to anything, I would definitely compare it to Garbrandt and Cruz. Now, I'm not like a huge fan of Sean Strickland. I'm not, I don't really dislike him too much either. I'm kind of indifferent on Strickland. I just, I do hope that he doesn't go down the path of Cody Garbrandt because we all know what happened after Garbrandt won that fight and it was not a great run that, you know, it's not a great run that he's been on. So I'm hoping Strickland doesn't just fall off a cliff after this, but. Um, man, and I'm taking down the stats, but I this this couldn't have happened to a better guy. Um, in in the sense that with what that what Sean, if you don't know Sean Strickland's story, guys, look it up. It's he he basically he discusses on Joe Rogan and he discussed on the MAR a couple years ago. It's one of the most sad things. No child should have to go through one tenth of one percent of what this guy's been through. Like this, he went through so much, man. Um, and you know, in the press conference, you know, he was like, "Yeah, it was, it was cool for a few minutes, but you know, it's back to normal." But you know, man, this guy, it, I, 
don't know. I, I'll just say it. I got a little emotional when that belt got wrapped around because, you know, you can't help but feel good for the guy after what all he's been through. And to beat the second best middleweight of all time in his prime, probably, or maybe at the latter half of it for sure. Phenomenal. And you can't help but feel good for the guy. Um, and Sean Strickland's like, you know, he, he's like, you know, if it wasn't for MMA, I'd probably be dealing meth out of trailer. He, I'm pretty sure he said something along those lines or he'd be like committing a violent crime. So, yeah, you know, this dude, he deserves the he deserves it, man. And with with how much work he puts into the sport. Shoot, dude. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Just does he deserved it, man. He, he earned that. Yeah, Strickland, he's an interesting guy, man, because it seemed like, like you said, he almost like he was satisfied. He was happy, obviously, that he won the belt. And then in the post-fight press conference, it was kind of like, you know, yeah, like I'm a champion, whatever. I just want to go back to fighting now. It's like this guy really does. When you hear about he spars all the time, this guy's always in wars in the gym. He's insane. I, <laughs> I think I think he really, he like, you know, a lot of guys say, I love to fight to fight, but a lot of guys do it for the money. They do it for the fame. They do it for the accolades, whatever. I think Sean Strickland legitimately just loves fighting. He loves getting punched. He loves punching people. This guy, he's a wild man. Uh, he probably enjoy fighting. Probably enjoys fighting in the gym more than he does in front of an arena yeah. full of people. I mean, he, he fought was, in the apex like yeah. eight times. You know, he even said in the press conferences, like, "I just do this to fund my hobby." <laughs> this is all yeah. I do it for. Tra- I just yeah. do this to fund my hobby. Exactly. Exactly. Dang man, Sean Strickland is the new middleweight champ. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is insane. That that blows my mind. I, it's it's still. It's definitely it's one of the biggest upsets ever. I mean, for sure. Um, like odds wise, it's not quite. There are, there have been uh, like several bigger upsets, but in terms of, you know, just the consensus around this fight, who people thought was going to win, um, the stylistic matchup, you know, all the breakdowns that you saw. Like it just did. It seemed very, very unlikely. And if you look at Sean Strickland's path to the title too, I mean, he gets KO'd brutally by Alex Pereira. Uh, he had lost a close decision to Cannoneer, and then he had bounced back and uh, he beat Abus. I mean, he only was he even on a streak, or he did he just win the uh, Abus fight? He I think won he the, was a mama fight. Oh yeah, for, yeah. Okay, that was actually that was an impressive performance. That was a good I win. Heard, yeah, that was a good win for sure. Um, Especially yeah, on was, like three days notice. Yeah, yeah, really short notice. And Amago is a tough guy for sure. Um, yeah, he was on like just a little two fight win streak after being knocked out. The Abu, you know, Abu had never fought in the UFC before. So it was just very, very improbable for him to get this done. But he got it done, man. And and the thing is, they were going to, they wanted to book Yuri and Pereira for this card. Yeah. Uh, that'll probably happen in December. That's my guess. Um, yeah. And they DDP wasn't ready, which is insane. Like you're you're in fight DDP, you're in fight shape, man. It's two months. You don't even have to go through another. You just, you're just right back in. You didn't take any damage against Whitaker, but yeah. Strickland, you know he's the thing with him is he's always game. He he's a company man. He doesn't care who they put in front of him as long as he gets paid. And now yeah, he's the or, champ. Man. Maybe even, I mean, I I think he would do it even if he didn't get paid that much. Even if they gave him like a much smaller check, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I guess. Or like a food voucher at the concession stand yeah. at the fight. <laughs> or something, yeah. But, you know, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, 
I'm almost more intrigued by the DDP and Strickland fight than I am with uh, DDP and Adesanya because talk about weird styles, man. Strickland Ugh. and DDP is like the battle of the weirdest MMA styles. And both guys have found immense success. Like you look at DDP versus Whitaker. Who thought? Not, neither of us thought that DDP would beat Whitaker, goes out and dismantles him. You look at Strickland versus Adesanya. Nobody thought he was going to win. Dismantles Adesanya. It's very, both of them have very odd styles and both of them have found incredible success using it. So, and um, you'd mentioned earlier too about uh, Adesanya and DDP fighting as a like title eliminator. I just don't see the UFC doing that fight unless it's headlining a pay-per-view. I think they want it to be for a title, like a legit title. I think they want it to headline a pay-per-view and probably, yeah, in Africa, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I'm just not sure they would do that on a fight night or they would even do it as like a co-main or like an intro. I think they want it to do for like an undisputed title probably. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I, just I just don't think DDP should... My, if you deny title shots... And it's not like, D, like I said, DDP didn't take massive damage. He wasn't knocked down or anything. No. No. He, no, you shouldn't get the shot. Um, But wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm, wow. <laughs> I can't even say it. And, uh, uh, you know, you know, what's interesting too. Um, I'm not sure what your thoughts are about this, but I, I have heard some people talking about maybe Adesanya's schedule kind of caught up to him a bit. I mean, that's one thing. Look, you can hate Izzy, you know, anybody out there. You can uh, dislike his personality. This guy was active. He was a yeah. very, very active champion. He fought pretty much every, like, four, five, six months. And not many champions do that. Uh, I'm sure he fought through injuries at many points. I'm sure he there were times where he didn't want to go out there, and he still did, and he still won. So got to respect him for that. I'm not sure if it's really the schedule that caught up to him. I think he just really ran into a bad stylistic matchup, which I thought would be a, actually a favorable stylistic matchup, but Strickland just outclassed yeah, him. So that, I'm not really the, sure it's the schedule, you know? That's the thing. I, I thought this was going to be money. If Adesanya was more forward pressing, like I think toward the end of the uh, Strickland-Pereira fight, Pereira just said, you know what, I'm, move, I'm moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just took matters into his own hands. We know what happened there. Mm -hmm. um, but... The thing is, Sean Strickland doesn't budge for anybody with his style. Now, fighting Pereira the way he did, you and I can both agree. Not the smartest thing to do with the guy who could put probably any person out on this planet with one punch. Um, but, and you know, as Dan Hardy, I don't know if you watch Dan Hardy's stuff, but the way he just mocks yeah. Strickland with that guard, I, I can't <laughs> say the word on here, but it, let's just, just look at what Dan Hardy calls it. And it sh it shouldn't work. That's the thing. With it shouldn't work at all, whatsoever. It shouldn't work. He stands straight up and down. He he, like you said, he literally just waltzes forward. Um, yeah. it's a Philly shell, which shouldn't even work in MMA, but it does. It's a modified. Yeah. I think it's a modified Philly shell, rather. But shoot, man. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> Dude, there have been some interesting reactions, like a lot of interesting takes online. I see people saying like Strickland's the best uh, striker in the middleweight division. Strickland's the best striker in the UFC. He's the best. It's like, well, let's calm down. I mean, yes, that was a very impressive performance. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking away. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from this guy. But when people are online saying this guy's like Floyd Mayweather, all right. That was, right. I think people would be a little facetious with yeah, that. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. But it's hopefully. like, 
I mean, I don't know, Matt. There are a lot of people who seem legitimately convinced that Sean Strickland is like the best striker in the yeah. entire UFC. And let's not forget, yes, he did get just knocked out by Alex Pereira like three fights ago. So they're like, it, it, I hate when people get into these arguments anyway, saying like, well, Max Holloway's the best boxer in the UFC or whoever is the, and Dustin Poirier beats the brakes off him. And everyone's like, well, I guess Dustin Poirier is the best boxer. That's not how it works, guys. Like, got, you know, people have uh things that they do well they have good skill sets sean strickland has a very particular skill set and he does things very well in that skill set but he has a lot of holes in his game still um and we've seen people exploit them before so while i am very impressed with what sean strickland did i will always be impressed with that i think we need to (laughs) calm down a little bit with the the take we need to pump the brakes on (laughs) you know comparing sean strickland to like some of the best boxers of all time you know all right we got to say this though, bro. The D, the Deshaun Strickland memes yeah. have been on point ever since Sean Strickland won. That's the, that's Pretty like, good. you and I discussed this last episode. That's the best meme to come out of MMA Twitter. I don't care what anybody says. So I fun. do enjoy the Deshaun Strickland look. And I always love that video of when Chris Curtis has like a blunt behind his ear and it falls out and it just falls like right into Strickland's fingers like this. And it's very, it's super <laughs> weird. If anybody has never seen that video, just look up like Sean Strickland catches Blunt. And it's just like, just falls <laughs> through the air. And he's just like, what? <laughs> Sean Strickland with the do-rag and the henny and the and the Blunt yeah. behind his ear is the funniest thing ever. Gosh. Or wait, no, oh, sorry. I got that. It was the other way around. Sorry. Strickland dropped the Blunt and Chris Curtis caught it. My bad. <laughs> so very funny. Just wow, man. Um. Obviously, nothing much has even been sketched. It's just been, it hasn't been boring. It's just, this is all we've been had to talk about, which is fine. I'm yeah. cool with this. This is amazing. Like, no, Izzy, Izzy wasn't, here's what it was. People play in Izzy's game because Izzy's comfortable with his back along the back of the cage as long as he's not getting pressured. He'll mm-hmm. just pick you apart and keep running around the, around the, the, the cage. But Sean, Sean didn't care. Yeah. He didn't care. Yep. That's the thing. I, I think I think it almost helped him that he didn't work in the takedowns because, you know, he wasn't like Vittori, where Vittori was pressuring, you know, Costa pressured a bit, but not effectively. I mean, Vittori was shooting for takedowns. Adesanya was able to stuff them. And then once he stuffs them, breaks the grip, he can push out, circle back to the center, and then he can be the one, uh, you know, being aggressive moving forward. Yeah. Strickland didn't shoot any takedowns. There was no moment for Adesanya to use the takedowns to circle back out. So I thought, yeah, I mean, it was it was very impressive by Sean Strickland, definitely. Um, this is interesting. I don't know if you saw this, but Kusain Ashkabov scratched from UFC Vegas 80 after reported arrest for alleged kidnap, torture, and extortion. Hey man, which uh which event is that? Uh let's see. I think that's like the the one Bobby Green's headlining. Hmm. Um, you see, uh, I wonder. This guy seems like he's connected with the mob or something. That sounds I, like a. I don't know. So the UFC has canceled Hussein Ashkabov's UFC Vegas eighty fight with Daniel Pineda, following a report of his arrest in Thailand on kidnap, torture, and extortion charges after alleging kidnapping an Italian man in Puckett. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! That's um, yeah. He and his twin brother were arrested in connection. This is from MMA Fighting, by the way. 
in connection with an alleged home invasion robbery on September 3rd at a villa and the beachside Thai town. Man, what is this guy doing? This is, this is twice in a week. Yikes. Um, the fight's been canceled. Hey, uh, what happens in Thailand, you know? Yeah. According to Puckett News, Ashkabov's arrest came after a warrant issued on September 4th that identified he and his twin brother, Kassan Ashkabov, as one of three Ka- Kazakh nationals accused of carrying out the break-in, during which the alleged thieves robbed a man of items believed to be worth $12 million in Thai bot or approximately $337,881. Among those alleged items were three luxury watches, an Apple laptop, and a phone. The the alleged victim's passport and debit cards, etc. Hmm. That is insane. The the report states the alleged I'm not I'm sorry, I'm reading this to you guys, but this is insane. The report stated that alleged thieves surprised the Italian man in his sleep and bound and gagged him. Over several hours, they beat him while interrogated him for information. Another unknown inv- individual allegedly tipped them off about the valuables and spoke to the thieves during the robbery. What the hell? Jeez. Oh my gosh. And they flo- flew from Puckett to Dubai on the, the day after the attack. That is insane. Man, that UFC pay, not cutting it. You got to resort to kidnapping. and ex- No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, yeah, I don't know what this guy was thinking, you know. I don't look. I'm not going to speculate as to what the circumstances surrounding this are, but I I'm gonna yeah. This is a controversial stance here, but I don't think it's ever right to kidnap and torture people and extort them. I know that's a hot. You're on the wrong side of that, my friend. I just just want to put that out there. That is not. That's not cool. That (laughs) it's like I hate I I laugh. It's not a terrible trait, but I laugh at just insane stuff. That that's so insane. It can't not be real. Like what it's it's very specific for you know like if you get accused of robbery kidnapping torture and extortion it's like yeah that's pretty those are very specific charges um i'd be surprised if someone just like completely made that up i mean actually i looked this up myself and there's like a picture of a guy just laying on the ground with his shirt off and his legs are tied together and his hands are tied together it's like I mean, I'm not sure if that is the guy. I mean, I, I guess it, I assume it is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, crazy stuff, guys. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting way to end it, and I think that's just how I'm going to end it. But so, thanks for tuning in. Um, Sean Schluck is the new UFC middleweight champ. We'll see you guys later. Peace.